Sex Communication, a podcast of explicit audio and frank conversation. How do we talk about sex? How do we communicate during sex? Well, if you're here now, then you're going to find out. My name is Brianne McGuire, and each week I share an uncensored peek into the things we don't discuss. Sex. 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 I can't say the word sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 109. Today I speak with Tom, a gentleman with a traumatic brain injury who reached out to me because he felt the topic was something worth discussing. The struggle of living with a disability when trying to maintain sexual health. Our topic also covers mental health. Um, Tom, like many of us, struggles with depression. He's geographically isolated. And the combination of those things and the effects of his injury make life hard and it makes it difficult to connect with other people. Another thing that came up in our conversation was just how important the role of the mind is in sex. I think a lot of us dismiss the role of the brain in sex. It's actually the largest sex organ that we have. And when that's out of whack, it just has a lot of ripple effects in life. So let's just jump into the conversation. Here we go. Okay. Well, hello, Tom. Thanks again for joining me. Hello. You're uh, dealing with a brain injury, correct? Right. So do you want to just tell me a little bit about that and how how it's impacting your life right now, especially right. in regards to sex? In 2004, uh, I was hit by a young man run a stop sign and that um, rearranged the way my brain works. And I had to learn how to read and learn how to um, write and math and all that again. So it took a lot away from how you, it, all those things that you feel are automatic, you have to relearn again. It really does take away from your self-value. It, it, you have to really work on keeping your value of yourself up. Yeah. If you, and then, you know, I had one really good relationship not that long after um for about a year and i thought that was going really well uh, but apparently not because uh, sh- shortly like a week or two into when i tried to return back to work um i got a voicemail that she never wanted to see me again yeah. so uh, apparently the extra stress of me going back to work caused me to do something that I don't know. So I really haven't tried to have another relationship after that because I believe that, and I'm trying to work through that now, but I'm, I believe that not having, you know, just to barely having enough to keep myself together it wouldn't be fair to start a relationship with somebody if I didn't have enough to share. Right. Emotionally, uh, you know, like if they're having a bad day or I have a lot of bad days together, you know, there's not much other than just, okay, yeah, you want to have sex? Yeah, but that's, to me, that's not enough. So it it sounds more like it, it's impacting your relationships, maybe more than your actual experience having sex, or does it also affect 
your ability to kind of be present or are there any kind of physical limitations that you have now that you're dealing with this injury? Um, well, focus on things, but usually I don't think that's been an issue. Um, when I was with somebody, or at least she didn't tell me that, but, uh, staying focused on and present with what I'm doing, but I don't think that was the issue. Although you never know, I might've started talking about a car or whatever in the middle of shit and that might've yanked a chain somewhere or maybe it was work or whatever, but you know, yeah, it's because distractibility after an injury, brain injury is a real issue too. So, um, sometimes or staying on task, so to speak. Yeah. But it's, I mean, the sex was good. And I mean, time on time on task was never a problem. I mean, I could go 15, 20 minutes was never a problem. Some of the drugs held that fuck, I couldn't even finish, you know, going away for 30 or 40 minutes. And she was like done. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to let me go, you know? So um, a lot of people deal with that. I mean, has the injury caused any kind of changes in how you experience touch or sensation or, or anything with, with nerve sensory experiences? Um, probably, uh, because, and I don't know how to put it. It's really hard to tell when you're the, you're the only one and there's nothing to compare it to. Right, but don't you have your your experiences before you receive the injury? Yeah, but you don't know to compare. How so? Explain. I I mean, if you are the one that's touching, say, your jeans, and as you recall, yeah, that felt like jeans. Right. And a year later, you touch your jeans, and it yeah, it feels like jeans, but the the fine senses may not be there the same. You wouldn't know the difference. It's like the people that lose their hearing over time, they don't realize they're losing their hearing. Right. So you lose the fine sensory stuff. You don't realize that you're losing it. Yeah. You don't realize it's not there. So tell me a little bit about how how you grew up with sex. How did your sex life begin? What was your story, your origin? Um, I grew up uh, in a, well, well outside of a small town in the middle of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduating class was about 105. And it was about five, six miles out of town. and. Um, I worked on helping farmers and stuff, so I pretty much had a real clue on how sex was working. You know, most all of us did. Animals were everywhere. So when cattle and, you know, horses and stuff like that. So it's not like you didn't have a clue how the mechanics worked and how, you know, animals were born and everything. So the mechanics was... The easy part is the 
you know, and I guess the, the sex talk I had with my dad was if you don't want to go to Duluth, don't get on the train. <laughs> so <laughs> very simple. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, more or less, if you don't sleep with her, if you don't want to be seen walking down the street with her, you know, is that's a mean don't sleep with somebody if you don't want to get someone pregnant, but well, yeah, you know, I mean, but we were, and being just a little bit older than you are, I think I'm 54. Yeah. Um, it was a thing then in some of the magazines and that, that they had the ads for like a gross of condoms and stuff. And we put together a few bucks and one of their buddy's parents would send off for him and we'd have condoms for, you know, ever for months so we could, you know, sort out what we wanted. And so that was being careful that way. Wasn't that much of a problem. It's sometimes, you know, having a steady girlfriend at a time was a problem, but you know, it was all right. And high school was small town high school. You know, you, the normal, I wasn't popular, but I wasn't, you know, the bottom of the barrel. So I just kind of didn't bother with too many people that didn't bother with me. And we just, yeah, that was that, you know, it, it seems like I, I still have a couple friends that I went to high school with and they're still my best friends. And yeah. that's been a long time ago. Did you get any sex education in school? Um, no, I've heard some people say that they separated, but we didn't separate. And it was I'm trying to think if it was sixth or seventh grade. And it was very like the clear slides on the projector. Yeah. And uh, very uh, generic two-dimensional. Uh, this is the fallopian tubes. They drop an egg, it attaches, uh, it gets inseminated, you know. But by then, I've seen, I had seen cows get inseminated, but, you know, hell, I've made more cows pregnant than most people have made people pregnant. I probably made 30 or 35 cows pregnant. So, yeah. so. Uh, how old were you when you lost your virginity? Uh, 17. Yeah. Did that feel like a long time for you or like what, how did you feel at the time when it happened? Did it seem like natural that that's when it would happen or you felt like you're waiting for a long time or it happened sooner than you thought? It wasn't any like big conquest thing or anything. It was just uh, kind of, okay. You know, I mean, I made out with some gals in the backseat of my giant old 70 vehicle saber. And then that didn't seem like the place to be or we didn't seem like we were going to, you know, go there. And then parents were gone one weekend and a gal came home with me. And so that's where it happened. And it, and I, I don't think, you know, it didn't seem all as special as, I mean, everything went fine and it didn't seem all as special as, anything 
you know, I don't know. It wasn't like, like I say, it wasn't that big triumphant of a moment. Yeah. I've had better things happen in my world than that. And do you so, identify as heterosexual or, I mean, it's yes, like it just definitely. because you, you keep speaking about women. I don't, didn't um, Yes. I identify as heterosexual. Although, you know, the closest thing I've had to, we've had seven people in a waterbed at one time. Of mixed genders? Yes. There, well, there was uh, three men and four women. That was uh, from a college party thing. And that wasn't my place. Yeah. Because I... I had the apartment. There was some canoodling. (laughs) Oh, there was all kinds of sex and oil and everything. Yeah, that was a, that was a several hours of entertainment. (laughs) Were you participating or just kind of? Oh yeah. That's everybody was participating. It was, uh, I'll put, it was like a cup full of worms. There was a lot of people rubbing and touching and all over everywhere. I mean, the guys were, I would say, trying to be with the girls, and that was, you know, the plan. But, um, yeah, nobody was, ooh, about a guy touching a guy. It just happened to work out to be a really good party at the time. Yeah. That sounds like a fun night. Yeah. So, and there was a few more that weren't quite as active or as well attended as that. But, yeah, it worked out pretty well. So how, well, what was sex like before your injury? Um, I uh, was married for quite a while, uh, 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And we got divorced. And like 10 minutes later, she died of a blood clot. Oh, wow. So it was me and my daughter who then when her mom passed was 11 and then when I was hit, was 13. So it was, but, you know, um, the whole married thing, sex exactly wasn't um, overwhelming. And again, the odd thing with her was, if I have to tell you what I want, then you're not doing it right. And I never understood that. Hmm. That was... Although the one thing I learned with that is, and this might be before your time, but they had lubes there in the nineties that would warm up when you uh, blew on them and type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't ever let those run in your sinus. (laughs) Does it burn? It must. Yes. So, yeah, and all of a sudden you're, you're using that and then you put her on top and she's holding on to the headboard. And, oh, my God, trying to stay in the game with that is a whole different challenge. How is it getting in your sinus cavities exactly? Um, well, I started out with her and um, eating her out. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I put her up on top and I was laying on the bottom and like with her hands on the headboard. Right. Now I see. Uh, yeah. And gravity. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Note. <laughs> Never do that again. So, but would you describe 
your sex life or the sex that you were having is like vanilla or normal and I'm using um, these words with air quotes. Yeah, that was pretty um vanilla. I've had uh people before and after that were like anal and outside and things and a lot of like on the hood of my car in a parking lot wasn't really out of range at all or um like in the lake where everybody's swimming you know she'd climb on the front of me things like that were kind of uh, a normal thing yeah or not unusual I would say but you know just did you ever want to try anything beyond that though yeah actually um I've had a, a couple people that were a little bit into um restraints some but not a lot and I found it and I worked in prison for 10 years so it wasn't as much then mm-hmm. because I was cuffing people all the damn time and they were not sexy people <laughs> but um just with restraining or um just even a minor bit of mental control would be, I find that very erotic. Yeah. And especially even now, uh, I find that, that especially in, in the porn that I watch, I find that I like that. Um, and it doesn't have to be, that's the thing is most of it just goes way off the scale um of either it's very hard to find something that's erotic that doesn't go way off the scale of pain implying you know pain implement that you know i mean hell i can cause somebody enough pain in a half an hour that they couldn't tell me their name you know any most people that have been in the military and in prison and stuff can do that but it's like what what's the advantage the advantage is having a good mind fuck it's you want them the experience to be a good mind fuck rather than a pain so you want it to be erotic and enticing to, to feel rather than to be a pain experience yeah now, pain to an extent can be an experience, but you want it to be, I would think the best experience would be that, and again, it's going to be to each person, but the best experience is going to be that you're going to be drawn to the edge just with the eroticness of the giving up the control and you know um so you don't have to make a decision so you're so you're tight so you're this so you're or you're so you have say your hands in a position where you can't touch yourself the itches and things like that and just those are the things that are the good mind fuck i think 
Right. But like you said, it's different for everyone. And of course, that's why it's so important to have these conversations beforehand. Right. Both people can know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of it and what they don't want. Right. So, so, and again, that's what me is, but it's most of the, there's only a handful of the, the and I guess people probably don't have the patience for it, but uh, the sites that would have, uh, you know, a, a decent erotic rather than going straight off to the cane until their ass bleeds. So, you know, I don't know. But has any of this interest changed, like, you know, with the your accident being kind of a catalyst for anything? Has it um, made anything more intense or, like, changed your, your I think, or I your think it, level? Um, some, I think, because I can go weeks or a couple months and not even be aroused about anything just because I am not that interested in having relationships and stuff. Now I'm trying actually since hearing your podcast and stuff, I'm actually trying to actively put my life in order that maybe I should be wanting to look for a relationship that at least maybe a small portion of it, you know, maybe not a full on lifetime commitment thing but maybe a small portion of it that i could share with somebody mm-hmm. so that's actually given me a thought but you know or at least uh, uh allowing me a different way of thinking to uh go that direction i mean uh last year i went and got my uh yoga teacher training so trying to get my head and my body talking to each other a little better so yeah uh, just uh, awareness of my body and stuff like that so yeah tell me a bit about masturbation for you are you do you still masturbate because I, I know you said you hadn't had sex in what 12 years yeah it's, it's been 12 years probably maybe yeah plus or minus a little bit yeah um masturbation yeah like i say uh i can go I've gone probably a couple months without it, but then most of the time, probably two, three times a week and anymore, actually it's, I, I'm going to have to figure out a tool because it's my shoulders are getting so bad that I can't hardly hmm. finish. Um, that, and I've had my one shoulder sewed back together once and the left one's getting to where I can, hardly use it so I'm gonna have to get that fixed up so uh just uh you know hard living apparently but yeah um but yeah it's yeah once you get past about 10 or 15 minutes of beating on the thing like it owes you money it <laughs> you know it's it's harder you know it's I mean, it feels good, and at, at least, you know, when you get your nuts off, it feels good, and so I'm just going to have to get a, a tool to 
help me make that happen. So you um, have any tools in mind? Like, are there things that when you say that, like that you can picture or are there things? Well, yeah, I, I, I got one of the vacuum things, but apparently that is not what I was planning on. It'll fuck it. It'd pick up a bowling ball, but it wants to <laughs> suck your nuts up inside of it too. And that is not nearly as pleasant as it sounds like. <laughs> It doesn't sound at all pleasant to me, but I don't have an external set of genitals, so uh, well, I, I suppose if uh, I did, it probably would be uh, more appealing. Well, how, you said you had the um, vacuum on your nipples. That was, n but not a, like a an electronic one, like just... Um, right, well, vacuum is vacuum. Well, if it's two and a half or three inches around and it sucks your dick and your balls all up together, <laughs> it's not nearly as good as... It, <laughs> As, as I had envisioned, I don't think it was supposed to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Have so you I, ever hired a sex worker? Would that be helpful at all? Um. Yes, that would be helpful. No, I haven't. I've gone to a lot of topless places. And right now I find it really disturbing. Uh, you know, and that goes along with the trends with the porn. I When they're... 20 years old and I'm 54, uh, you know, that was like going to Hooters. I think, man, is, is your mom single? Because you are way too fucking young. <laughs> you know, yeah. there is nothing I want to talk to you about. <sighs> that fantasy doesn't even work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I want somebody that's at least, you know, has their kids out of high school or should have their kids out of high school anyway, because I, I know what, how old I am. I don't have this fantasy of wanting to be in high school again or college. It, that age of girl doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Not that they shouldn't make my dick hard, but you know, I'm just saying, I just, I don't want to, that isn't there, you know, that, and I know a lot of guys have that and that turns them on and that's fine, but it doesn't. And yeah, again, with the porn, it's like they're 50 year old guys and 20 year old girls, 50 year old girls and 20 year old guys. I don't understand it. Put some of them the same age together. Fuck. <laughs> um, you did bring up something that I, you know, I'd like to ask you about, because for all of the mothers that I've, I've had on this show, there haven't been as many fathers that I've had the opportunity to, to ask this. So I'm sorry, you said you had a daughter or you have a Right, son? I have a daughter. Did you speak with your daughter about sex? Was that the, yes. the wife's role? Or, so tell me about Well, she, my wife passed when she was 11. So yes, I did um, most of the talking with my daughter about sex. And I, the best way I could do that was like when we were traveling somewhere. Yeah. And she was trapped in the car with me. She couldn't <laughs> get away. Yeah. How did she respond? Um, well, if she had her headphones, she'd try to get away from that. But no, I, I just told her the truth. And mostly it was, I made sure we had a female doctor that was, you know, had a clue and that, you know, I told her that you don't have to tell me what you want to go to the doctor for, but I'm the only one that can take you, mm -hmm. you know, and anything you need to go just let me know. And she was 13 when you had this or this was a little later? 
Well, 13, well, even probably a little bit before that and on. Yeah. And then I made sure that she had like the hepatitis B and the implant in her arm for... Mm. um The Norplant. Yeah, because she wasn't, well, we just knew she wouldn't probably be that good about, I mean, she's smart and wise and, and really good about stuff, but she, I knew she probably wouldn't be that good about taking a pill. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't a granddaddy before it was time. Right. Aside so. from, from birth control and, you know, like setting up the availability of a female doctor, did you have any conversations about inter- sexual interactions, what to expect, like consent? Like what about sex itself did you guys talk about? Oh, um, yeah, quite a bit about, you know, she was really thin and tall um and she didn't see herself as very sexy and she wore a lot of sweatshirts and stuff when she was younger and I says no you're gonna be a doll and I says you're don't worry about it and I always told her that I says there's somebody for everybody I says you know and I tried to I says all you have to do is put it out you know smile at people and that's all it takes I mean hell and I always had a joke that I says the only thing it takes it for a girl to turn a guy on is take off a sock. And she, you know, she's heard all my jokes way too much. So she never got the hint of that. But then she went and bought a TV when she was like 16. And she says, there was three boys trying to load that thing for me. And I'm like, yep, there you go. <laughs> I says, you two powerful, good, not evil. But then she had a boyfriend that, I didn't really like that much, but I knew what, and they were fooling around, but, and I says, I, I knew that I couldn't push them away because if I did, she'd just go to them more. So that's just, you know, the nature of us human animals. She got a good one now. And by the time she graduated high school, she's been with the same guy and, now I got two grandkids and hell that's been since 1990. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, do you feel like if you had had a son instead of a daughter or someone who identified as male, that the conversation would have been different? Not really. I don't think I, I always treated her like, I mean, when she was young, I used to put her on the lawnmower and, um, she's been to as many gun shops as most any other, you know, because in Michigan here, we are all about, we do guns and hunting and right. But I, mean, I, I used to, the sex you know, no, I don't think it would have been that different because it was, wasn't as much about the mechanics as it was about the, you know, relationship of you have to be careful with certain things and you have to be careful with your heart a little bit, but you're, you, you're going to have to, the decisions you make, some of them are going to last a lifetime. So that's the part you're going to have to be careful with, mm-hmm. you know? So that was more of the, um, the intense part of my conversation. Anyway, the, the part that, I felt mattered, you know, it's the mechanics part of it. You know, I, I, most 
people have a clue by the time they get to a point anymore these days that we're talking about the the emotional part is more important, I think, than the mechanics part. Hmm. Well, it sounds like that's definitely true for you. I mean, you, you have talked mostly about, you know, relationships being the thing that you're struggling with the most. Or at least well, like being able to feel connected to a person or have some sort of intimacy. Well, yeah, but and I mean, having sex just for the fun of having sex is no problem. But make sure you're careful with it, because if you're not, some things can follow you forever, you know? We've spoken about this a little bit. So you do seem more interested in having some sort of like actual intimate relationship with a person and not having sex just for the sake of having sex. But given the fact right. that you haven't had sex for 12 years, do you ever waffle on that and think, well, like, you know, maybe just to kind of get yourself back in the, in the practice of it. Do you ever think about just having casual sex for the hell of it or your heart is really just too much involved? It's not that I don't know if it's that my heart is involved. It's that, fuck sooner or later she's going to want to talk and if it's just about getting a nut off it's not worth it if i have to go to a bar or go to pick up somebody and try and talk them into it and then it's not worth it you you got fucking four hours of dealing with something to get 20 or 30 minutes to get your nuts off and i mean it's like i can do it myself Right. But again, like if you were to hire a sex worker, there wouldn't be any expectation of, you know, having to talk somebody into something or, you know. like Okay. Where I live, I'm 250 miles from the nearest sex worker. I am in the middle of God's country. Hmm. Yeah. Well, do you, do you ever date? How do you meet people? Um, I haven't really dated. And I mean... I actually hang out with the roller derby team and I tech their skates mm -hmm. um, and clean bearings and bullshit because we do have a roller derby team up here. But um, and I can go talk to people and be social and that's easy for me. But if it's trying to, you know, and I could probably go talk to somebody and, and get sex, but it's like then <laughs> in such a small town, you're going to see him again. Right. But and I, I then, think we're kind of putting the cart before the horse. Like let's, cause it seems clear to me at least that you actually want a relationship. You're not looking for casual sex. Right. So if we're talking about meeting new people, are you putting yourself out there? Cause it's kind of like lotto. If you don't play, you can't win. Right. Right. But there's way more losers in the lotto than winners. <laughs> but no, the, the thing is I haven't put myself in kind of in this and then I've just started talking to somebody else about it. I haven't really put myself in a a place to you know, in my head I haven't put myself in a place to want to be in a relationship. So I think that's where I'm I'm working on it and then finding your podcast it, it really actually helped me want to to find somebody to even if it wasn't a full-time relationship, just somebody to be with for, you know, 
when, when I could, when it was available, when it, when she was available, you know, not, you know, as long as the understanding was there that I am not, you know, going to be available on call all the time, like a normal mid fifties guy could be, you know, I think most but, people uh, aren't on call all the time though. Yeah. Well, you're crazy busy because what you're doing right now, but. Right. But most people are, you know, most people have jobs and, you know, commitments and responsibilities even outside of their job and, you know, people have busy lives. Yeah. Well, me, sometimes I have three days when I don't get out of bed. So. Yeah. Do you you struggle with depression or is it? Okay. Yeah, I, I do as well. It gets really tough. Yeah. And about seven prescriptions and you know yeah it's just those things yeah well the prescriptions too i know can do a number on your sex drive and your body's just ability to 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 do anything you know not just like be up and about but especially like respond sexually to orgasm and to have ability to be aroused and all of that yeah yeah well that and i don't want to put it if there's a lot going on, yeah, I I can't stay focused. Yeah. So like big stores, I can't go in. You know, going into them just wipes me out. Must be or, really overwhelming. Or places with a lot of conversation. Uh, you know, that's hard. Yeah. Do you have other people that have similar struggles or similar you know injuries that you have to talk to? Like any, like with doctors, have there been any kind of support groups that they've alerted you to, or maybe at a local hospital? There's one support group once a month here that's got a couple people in it, but literally I have to drive 240 miles to my doctor every month. That's just it. Because when I moved up here, it never occurred to me that there wouldn't be any doctors up here for brain work. Yeah. Nobody prescribes brain drugs up here. Yeah. yeah, it's. You sound like you must be really lonely. Yeah, right now I'm taking care of my dad too. My mom passed away, so emotional flooding's an issue right now too. So you know, it's just well sense. I'll be all right in a second. Okay. No, just keep talking. Well, I mean, I can relate to all the things you're saying, you know, and I. <sighs> I applaud you for being able to show up for your dad like that. Like it's a big deal. And I hope that you realize what a gift that is for your family to be able to be present like that, you know, especially when you obviously have, you know, your own self to take care of and some challenges of your own that may be more of a challenge than others are facing. Um, But I'm really, I'm grateful that you're taking the time to talk to me and be so vulnerable about these things. It's important for people to talk about this stuff. You're right. Well, that, well, and the the thing that actually had me write to you was that I saw a thing probably uh, several months ago now about um, care workers that were come around to handicap people that don't get any attention in Europe and it's legal 
and there's nothing here. And, you know, it's care workers in this country. Hell, if they were to, you know, it's just about illegal for them to hug a patient when they, you know, leave. It's just crazy that it's touch in this country is nearly outlawed. So for money or whatever. Yeah. So it's really weird that as a free nation, we're some uptight fuckers. Yeah, it's true. I mean, not just about that kind of care, but I mean, like any sex work in general. Some of them that are in wheelchairs or whatever don't can't get a date that'll get their nuts off. And, you know, it's like, yeah, they need somebody that can. Yeah. And heaven forbid somebody in a wheelchair that takes money for that were to hire a sex worker in this country. Shit, the sex worker go to jail forever. Taking advantage of a handy of a vulnerable person, you know. Yeah, it's just crazy. I'm like, I don't know how to get around it. I don't know that even to make the awareness now. It's just as and the. Well, do I have seen certainly in the last year a significant uptick in the amount of transparency you know people with disabilities are expressing with you know sexual struggles and like being sexual you know I think that there's been this long standing stereotype that people with disabilities are not sexual and they're not having sex and they don't have sexual needs and it's like not even something worth discussing because it's not a problem because it doesn't exist so exactly yeah there are a lot of um uh, like people that were really trying to bring this issue to the forefront. So, you know, it is an important conversation. You know, there is not, they don't have enough support. And it's, it's really sad that it takes so much work <laughs> to convince people that this, this is something that's like a real struggle. Yeah. It, that's the, the thing is getting it mainstream. I can see where a lot of people just let themselves get, used horribly because of depression or, or emotional issues yeah. but just uh, getting people to start talking about bringing sex out of the dark for people to just say hey you know I'm having a crappy day I'm not feeling good about this or or I'd go and talk to their friends about man I'm not being able to feel good about having sex or I want to have this kind of sex with my husband or I want to have this kind of sex with my boyfriend or and people find out that they're not the only ones and that honestly is the the biggest thing with the brain injury part was just that you know knowing you're not the only one that doesn't understand how come they're not the same they were Mm, yeah but you know, you're not the only one that, I mean, like we're talking, porn is off the scale, but knowing you're not the only one that maybe wants just a little bit of this or wants just a little bit of sting or wants just a little bit of sensual or wants to maybe be watched or maybe to be in the backyard or maybe to be out in the rain 
or, you know, a hundred different things. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we, we share a similar uh, feeling about it and that for both of us, it seems like something that just, it's common sense and logical. And it's not like there was some event or some influence from another person or thing that happened that kind of put this in our mind. It just, this is what makes Uh, sense as being a human being, you know, experiencing things and having these interactions with other people. It only makes sense that we feel comfortable talking about it. Earth shattering or anything that's, that's made my world what it is sexually you know it's it's made my world what it is that I can't work but it's nothing that has really changed my world sexually that way right well is there anything else you wanted to talk about Tom oh we hit a lot of things today yeah um there is no we hit quite a bit of stuff today (laughs) I'm trying to think if there was anything else that much more no, it's been pretty good. It's been <laughs> delightful actually speaking to you for the we brought a lot of things out to light. Now whether maybe the next people that hear this can expand off from a couple different tangents that we hit. So, be good. Thank you. Really, I appreciate it. I had a great time talking with you as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, Tom. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, that's it for this week. If you're like Tom and you're struggling with something that you feel isn't being discussed enough or at all, reach out to me and let's put a show together. You know, like Tom mentioned, the value that comes from having these conversations is providing others with the opportunity to identify and to know that they're not alone. Um, So even if you think that you're alone and struggling with something, I assure you, you're not. And someone else out there could benefit greatly from hearing you share your story. So reach out to me if you're interested in doing that, sexcompod at gmail.com. And otherwise, I'll talk to you next week. Be well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the show, visit us online at sexcompod.com. That's S-E-X-C-O-M-P-O-D dot com. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email me at sexcompod at gmail.com. I am always looking for new sex audio and people to interview. It could be you.